Hello, everybody. I know you've all been wondering, where's the pinch point? Are you coming back? I need my fix of the podcast. Well, fear not, loyal listeners or watchers. We are back. It's just me and Brando now. Paul has returned to Connecticut. He's out on the East Coast. I talked to Paul the other day. They're getting ready to go uh, do some sharpshooting in the, I don't know what you'd call maybe the state parks or whatever, in the evenings because he works for the Game Commission DNR or whatever now, and they got to... They got to thin the herd. So they basically get to ride around in a truck with rifles and thermal scopes and snipe deer at nighttime, which sounds like a great time to me, to be completely honest with you. So hope Paul is enjoying himself out there. Remember, guys and gals, if you want Paul's job, it's open. You can go to the bottom of bowhunting.com, click on the little careers link and learn all about it. Come work with me and Brando and Todd and the rest of our staff here at the office. So let's move into uh, some topics. So uh, I got to remember how to do this, right? This is the pinch point where we funnel down all the great, exciting news and information that's happening in the world of whitetails and crossbows and arrows and other things that we find interesting. So a lot of poaching going on out there, guys. Oof, the poaching, Brando, this year has really, it's its fire right now. So let's start with uh, some, of, some of the big the big ones. We're going to start with CJ Alexander. I'm sure all of you know by now, it was this giant buck that was killed in November in Ohio. Uh, they thought it could be like a new world record, state record, like giant, enormous deer. Uh, he went on Hunter podcast, did interviews with North American Whitetail, um, all sorts of stuff. And uh, now his deer rack has been seized by the Ohio uh, DNR or whatever they call themselves. Why can't every state just be like the DNR? They got to have like the Pennsylvania Game Commission. Why can't it be the Pennsylvania DNR? Everybody should just be the same. But it, regardless, uh, old CJ got his buck taken. Charges are pending. Uh, it seems right now that they got it for failure to have written permission on the property that he alleged to be on when he shot the deer. Now, there's a lot more questions surrounding this. You know, uh, there's some fishy... There's there's two pieces of very uh, fishy evidence, if you want to call them that. Circumstantial evidence, but evidence nonetheless. Number one, that he forgot his phone at home the fateful day that he happened to have killed this deer. CJ might be like me, maybe watches a lot of Dateline. 2020 understands that, hey man, if you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, don't bring your phone with you. Maybe it's just a coincidence. Maybe he did leave it at home. Or he's like me and is the kind of guy who would leave his phone at home. I mean, what are the chances? The one day you leave your your phone at home, you happen to kill what could be like a world record class deer. I mean, just seems it's a little sus, as the kids would say. Second thing, he shoots this deer, admittedly in the evening, lets it lay overnight, comes back the next morning with his buddies to find the deer. That's the story he's been telling since the beginning. But every single field photo of this deer is at night. Every one of them the back of his truck, out in the field with his friends, everything. All. So again, a little sus. Dude, if you killed a deer that big, you would have daylight photos of it. If you, if you came back the next morning and you found it, you had all day to take pictures, but every single photo you have is at night. I'm just saying, it looks a little sus. Maybe he did nothing wrong. I have no idea. We're going to find out at some point in time. CJ Alexander. I listened to slash watched the entire Hunter podcast that he did. I don't know how much I want to say about my personal feelings on this, lest I get in trouble if there's any viewers out there that I offend. 
When has that stopped us before? But he just seems like the kind of guy that would do this. Like, I'm sorry. I don't know what he does for a living, but I feel like he works at a Jiffy Lube or an oil change place. That, like, to me, he's that guy that, like, steals change out of people's cars when he's changing their oil. Maybe he's not. I'm just saying. That's my impression. So, anyways... Uh, other famous poaching cases. We got another big one going on out there. So uh, let me get over to this one. So this is back to we we had a we told the story of the dump buck up in Janesville, right? The guy killed that giant deer that like everybody knew about. And then I was like, hey man, like if you're gonna if you're gonna poach a deer, like don't poach a giant deer that everybody knows about. Apparently, uh, that guy. Uh, this guy here did not listen to, to our podcast. He did not take my advice. So we have this, uh, they call it the Hollywood buck. So it's a buck that lived in, uh, I believe, Richmond, Virginia, in a cemetery. So a lot of people called it the cemetery buck. Very well known, very uh, populated area. And, you know, all these professional wildlife photographers had taken pictures of this deer for, for years. It's a giant non-typical, right? So literally everybody knows about this deer. So you get this, this, this dude uh, who goes out and I'm going to see if I can figure out his name. What is this guy's freaking name? Jason Walters, old Jason. So Jason goes out and he kills this buck, the cemetery buck, right? And as many people do, we always talk about this, Brando, they can't help themselves. They just can't help. It was bad enough that it was like, I'm going to go kill this deer that everybody knows is out there, right? But then I'm going to take the photos of the deer, of me with the deer, and I'm going to submit them to a Facebook page called Star City Whitetails, which has 72,000 followers. So it's like every state it seems to have these like Facebook groups or pages where they just post pictures of deer that are shot in that state or that area. So this guy, he just can't help it. He's like, I gotta, I gotta get recognition for this. So he sends in the photos with the caption that says, uh, killed it in Prince Edward County with a 50 cal muzzleloader. Shot this morning at 718 or 7.13 a.m. at 20 yards. It's my third mounter this year. Biggest buck of my life. Deer emoji. And then like the bang emoji, right? This guy used emojis. He was jacked, okay? So what happens? The guy that runs the Star City Whitetails, he doesn't know any better. He's like, hey, I got this, got this photo sent in from this guy. He posted it. All of a sudden, everyone's like, bro, we know this deer. This is the cemetery deer. It lives in Richmond, Virginia. Problem being... Where the guy said he killed the deer, 70 miles from Richmond, Virginia. So it's like, if you're going to do it, at least like, you know, you got to have a story that's believable. If you say you killed the thing 70 miles away, eh, again, it's a little sus. So now this uh, fella is under investigation for poaching uh, this this deer. Again, I just, he just couldn't, couldn't help it, Brando. Needed those likes. Got to get that dopamine hit. It's a big deer. It's a shame. People do dumb things for big deer. So those are the two probably most famous, I would say, poaching cases kind of happening or that people have talked about recently. Um, there's a couple other ones we're going to go through. So this one just broke um, just the other day, actually. So remember we talked about the, uh, the lead weights and the fish guy that got busted for poaching? Can never forget. Can never forget. Well, they dropped all the charges. What? 
Whoa, whoa, dropped all the charges. The 36-year-old man, Chase Kaminsky, had eight charges, including taking big game out of season, failure to attach a tag to big game, and uh, I don't know, lending a kill tag uh, to somebody else. Um, He had them dropped on January 11th. Uh, So according to a criminal complaint, his hunting license was suspended from 2008 through 2021 for multiple game law violations. Um, obviously, he became a quasi-celebrity, if you want to say that, for the... Infamous. We got weights! And then uh, and then also the counterfeit money story after that. So it just naturally led into poaching deer. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that he didn't do it. I'm personally inclined to believe he probably did. Like, he's kind of lost his... Uh, like, usually, we like to give people the benefit of the doubt around here. Maybe he didn't do it. This guy, mm, Probably did it. Problem is, uh, they're going to have a hard time proving it because it was so many years ago. So I just don't know that they can actually prove that he did any of this. They may know that he did it, but evidence may be long gone. There's nothing they can do. So they ultimately dropped the charges. Or maybe he didn't do it. Hell if I know. The guy's still a douche. There's no doubt about it, (laughs) regardless of whether he did it or didn't do it. But I thought that was interesting. So maybe he's not a poacher. Maybe he's just a fishing cheater and a person that peddles counterfeit money and not a poacher. Who knows? So there you go. That's the latest update from that one. Uh, Brando, you're going to enjoy this one because I really enjoyed it too. This one just came out the other day. This is coming out of uh, New York. An elaborate scheme by an entire ring of poachers. Okay. So these guys were... Okay, let me me back this up. So one guy at least created a fake Facebook profile posing as a woman who is a nature photographer. And he would go around to all these like Facebook groups and stuff like that and and post pictures and ask people to share photos, essentially looking for deer, for people to post photos of deer that were living in like preserves that were off limits to hunting that people were photographing like all these nature photographers they're basically looking for these deer out there so that they could go kill them so it's basically seek one but illegal (laughs) right (laughs) like in my mind that's what it is like those were the guys that started this whole thing of like finding these urban deer and that's part of the way that they would find them is like facebook groups and people posting images and sending in tips or whatever uh very similar but this guy went so far as to create a fake Facebook profile so he could chat with people and be like, oh, that's a beautiful deer. You know, where does it live? Whatever. Oh, can you send me the photos? So then then they would would go in there and then they would kill these deer. And the way that they would do it is they would sneak in pretending to be hikers. So they wouldn't wear camouflage most of the time. They'd pretend to be hikers, photographers, bird watchers. They had walking sticks, like uh, wooden walking, carved walking sticks that were hollowed out that had arrows inside of them. And then they would have bows that were like broken down. I don't know exactly what they were using. I don't know if they had like the little little crossbows or what they had, but they had bows that were small and broken down to be able to fit in a backpack. So they'd go out with like, you know, boots, khaki pants, 
maybe a flannel shirt. Looks like the guy's actually got a, uh, like a bino harness on, but like there's people that are out like, you know, watching birds or, you know, he'd have a camera and a walking stick. So he would look like a hiker or a photographer and they would just walk right into these places and start killing these deer. So, so I assume the, the reason for using a bow is just the silence aspect. Of yeah, it. of course. You yeah. can't just be go pounding a gun, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. in a, in a forest reserve that's like right by people's homes. Sure. So the way that he got caught, right. Um, uh, the investigation began on November 14th when uh, a conservation officer received uh, separate calls about two suspicious men walking through the woods near an apartment complex. Uh, they reported that a witness who's an avid hunter observed one of the subjects crouching in the woods behind his residence, so his house, before hearing what he believed to be the snap of a bow string going off and then seeing an arrow strike a 16-point buck which then ran into this guy's yard after it was shot. And so the guy saw the whole thing. Uh, then he observed a second subject taking pictures of the wounded deer. So I don't know if this deer is dead or just standing there with an arrow in it, but then there's another guy taking pictures of it with his cell phone. They fled the area as police arrived, but not before trail cameras photographed them. So I don't know if they went into this guy's property. So I imagine this guy like lives, his house backs up to a preserve that's off limits to hunting. So many of these preserved deer are basically tame. Like you can go here in the Chicagoland area and walk around a lot of these like Cook County Forest Preserves, giant bucks all over the place. And they're so used to seeing people because it's such a populated area. They don't even run away from you. You just stand there and look at them all the time, right? So they have problems with people sneaking in and poaching there. This is not unique to, but these guys had a very unique way of like, finding the deer and then disguising what they were doing. Um, so they got trail camera pictures of them, which launched a big investigation. And then they were identified as Jason Zorda and Kevin Butler. I wonder if he was named after the famous uh, kicker for the bears when I was a kid, butthead, Kevin Butler. Or maybe it's actually him. Maybe that's what he's doing now that he no longer plays football. I hope it's not because we all loved Butthead. Uh, so the Bureau of Environmental Crimes investigators interviewed them. Both denied it, of course. Like, we don't know what you're talking about, bro. We got no idea. Uh, so then they got search warrants for their residences. They executed the search warrants simultaneously, seized cell phones, hunting equipment, and clothes. Uh a review of their cell phone records uncovered a larger scheme in which the subjects conspired with a network of poachers using hunting and wildlife photography posts on social media to target large bucks in suburban and urban areas that are closed to hunting. Mm. What a scheme. Pretty wild. They had going on. He would use, uh, so about his fictitious uh, wildlife photographer profile. He would use his profile to contact other photographers to learn the exact locations of mature urban bucks so he could then illegally hunt them. Uh, they would hide compact bows and backpacks and conceal their arrows and hollowed out walking sticks to look like hikers to any witnesses. Uh, so he's got some charges pending. He paid a fine. Uh, other individuals were implicated in the warrants and charges are pending about them. So there you go. Interesting. Whole what a scheme operation for that. For All sure. for what? And then like there's a picture of the dude with like one of the deer that he killed. And it's a nice deer, but it's like... What end? All for what? Like in the big scheme of things, none of this matters. Someday we're just going to be dead and somebody's going to chuck that deer's rack in a pile somewhere in the garbage and nobody's going to care about your, your... I mean, they're nice deer, but they're not like C.J. Alexander deer. 
right? But man, what a what a cool story. <laughs> cool meaning like cool for us to talk about. Cool, like not cool in the fact that like uh, I would want to do this. So yeah, there's pictures of these guys walking around. So yeah, here's a guy right here. So, oh, this is Kevin Butler. Kevin Butler was captured on trail camera two days before authorities received calls reporting him and another poacher. Um, so yeah, I know a lot of the... Uh, a lot of the like uh, conservation people have cell cameras out in the forest preserves looking to catch guys like this doing it. So there he is. He's just walking around. He's got a backpack. You could tell that he's probably got a bow in that backpack. It's kind of like stretched out. It's a bigger backpack. The top of it's kind of stretched, like looks like maybe the cam of a bow is pressing it up. He's probably got like one of those little short you know, gear heads or something like that in there. And uh, he's just got his walking stick. You know, he's like, hey, man, I'm just out here for a hike. And then he randomly walks into a big buck who's like, oh, duh. I see people all the time. And then they shoot it. Should be looking out for those people when we go to the forest reserves on our hikes. I should be watching for these guys. It's a, uh, it's a clever plan these guys had, but they got busted. Uh, interestingly enough, I found an article on Fox 40, whatever town this is out of. And, uh, uh, you can show the picture of it, Brando. There's like, uh, they use some stock footage of it, like a deer when they were telling the story, but the stock footage, why do people always do this? They use stock footage of like a red stag roaring on a mountain. And it's like, that's not at all what, they, what these guys were hunting, but these are just, this is just something that happens all the time. Uh, I thought there was another poaching one we were going to talk about here. I do have one. There was like, oh yeah, Th this one, I don't have a ton of information, but, uh, comes from WWAY3 out of Cape Fear. Is that a real place or is that just a movie? Oh, that's a good luck up there. I don't know that I, one. I think it might be a real place. Hmm. Interesting. Do you remember the movie Cape Fear, Robert De Niro? I do remember Cape Fear. I thought it was called that because it was like a scary place. I don't know if it was maybe a real place. It must be, yeah. I was pretty young when I watched it. So North Carolina Wildlife recently received an anonymous tip about hunters hunting illegally about hunters illegally killing deer. Uh, investigation began in late 2023, involved people in Pender, Duplin, Sampson, and Vance County. Four search warrants were obtained for various vehicles and property, with evidence leading to six people receiving a combined 180 charges. It's a lot of charges. Uh, charges uh, are those charged are accused of illegally hunting and killing deer at night using a spotlight, one of the preferred methods of poaching, as we found. We love to spotlight them at night. Uh, accused of killing more than the legal limit for the year, which this is interesting. In North Carolina, a hunter can legally harvest six deer in a season. And they went way over that. They were like, six isn't good enough. We need 30 apiece. <laughs> I just don't get it. Uh, so Dylan Jackson Scott is one of these people with three names. You can't trust them. And Nick Rackley are among those charged. They're scheduled to appear in Duplin County Court on January 25th. That's tomorrow. So good luck, boys. All right. What else do we got to move on to? We talked about the weights guy. All right. We're going to just move on to ATA show because that's where we were at what, a little over a week ago, week and a half ago now. Brando got the sickness while we were there. He missed a whole week of work. We sacrifice life and limb to go <laughs> report on these products for you people. Everyone's so ungrateful. What did you think of the show this year, Brando? You've been to a lot of ATA shows with us. What was your opinion on this year's show? 
there was not a good vibe around the show. I feel like people were just not feeling it this year. It may have just been the part, maybe an attendance thing or just the location or just the size of the venue. Nobody likes St. Louis. Although we had some good food. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was good times were had, but. Yeah. So I would say most people would agree. I think the show is about half the size that it used to be in the heyday, right? Which is kind of like sucks. You know, it's just not as much. There's a lot of people that just don't go to the show anymore. Like companies whose products we want to cover, they're just not even there. There's zero reason for them to be there. Like when you get the big bow companies, Matthews, um, Elite, Hoyt, none of them are there. Like Raven Crossbows wasn't there. But then you just get like even smaller, like an Iron Will Broadheads or a, uh, I don't think Tacticam was there. Like you just get some of these like other brands that just are like, yeah, we're good. We don't need to go. Uh, yeah, it was kind of meh. Not only from a, a size and attendance perspective, but I just feel like the products that came out this year, I was very meh about. Like there was nothing. Every year it's like, Maybe there's not a ton of cool stuff, but like this year felt like there was less cool stuff than even usual. You know what I'm saying? Felt like we we're scraping the bottom of the barrel to talk about cool stuff for this year. So I wanted to go over because right, the Archery Trade Association they have to spin it as like it's a great show. The floor was buzzing. They like to use that one a lot. The floor was buzzing with excitement. Uh, so and then they give out these awards, right? So first and foremost, they gave an industry icon award to Pete Shepley, who was the founder of uh, PSE Archery. 100%. Like, dude is a badass, pioneer, awesome human being, like, deserves it a thousandfold, right? I mean, PSE has been around for a long time and done a lot of good in the archery space. So double thumbs up on the icon award going to Pete Shepley. Then they moved into these impact award recipients, which I really don't know much of anything about any of these people that received them. But from what I read, they seem like this seems good. Heath McDonald of Young Guns Archery, LLC, who does a lot to get youth into archery, apparently. 100% on board with that. Aaron Shear, who's the executive director of Center Shop Ministries, uh, which is awesome. Um, so it's a lot of like... Um, like a youth ministry that's targeted towards archery. Like it, it's just a really good program as well. So thumbs up on that one. And then I don't know this guy, JD Strong, former director of the Oklahoma Department of Wildlife Conservation. So uh, I don't know. I don't know really what he did. He created a digital licensing system and expanded hunting and fishing land holdings by nearly 80,000 acres during his tenure. That seems pretty good. Thumbs up on that one. So I'm, I'm, I'm down with all the awards given to the good people who do awesome stuff for the industry. But then we move into the new product launch showcase award recipients. So every year at the ATA show, there's a section. And I, I don't fully understand how people get their products into this section. I think they have to submit them. I think they go to the ATA and they're like, hey, I'm launching a new product at the show. And I want to put it in this section. And then of the products in that section, they award people, you know, best, you know, new this, best new that, whatever. That section was terrible this year. There was so much stuff in there where I was like, oh my God, who in their right mind would ever buy this? Like, this is just terrible. And I've seen that a lot the last couple of years. So 
part of the problem is like people don't hold products to release them at the ATA show anymore. They just do it ahead of time. Or what I'm finding is a lot of people are waiting to release products until spring and summer because let's face it, our interest in hunting right now is like falling through the floor. Hunting season's over. We just want to relax. Maybe we're going to go turkey hunting soon or scouting or whatever. But like the summer's coming ahead of us. We got a long way till next hunting season. Like interest is waning right now. So a lot of companies are like, you know what? Rather than like trying to release a new product today when people don't care about it, I'm going to hold on to it till June or July when people are starting to think about hunting and they're starting to buy stuff for the hunting season. I'm going to release then. So the amount of products released even at the show anymore is is a fraction of what it used to be. But then the ones that do get put in there, not that they're bad products, but it's like they're not award-winning products. You know what I'm saying, Brando? Like they're okay and doesn't deserve an award. So we're going to go through it. First place, went to a product called the Stealth Rig Light, the Stealth Rig Light by Stealth Rig LLC. It's essentially a binocular harness, which is a nice, it's a nice bino harness, right? Well-made. And on the back of it, it's got this like a six inch by six inch metal plate attached to it. So when you put this thing on, it's it's heavy, right? There's a giant metal plate. Then you take this big ass magnet that's attached to your bow that weighs however many pounds and you flip your bow kind of behind your back if you have enough dexterity to get it back there and you magnet this thing to your back. So that way you can walk around with your hands free. Or you could just get a bow sling. Either which way. I just, I'm like, what? There's been more products that have hit the market in the last however long of like ways to carry your bow that I've seen. And it's like, we don't need any more ways to carry our bow. Like, this isn't a problem. I keep saying, this is a solution to a problem that doesn't exist. Right? Has anyone ever been like, man, I really wish I had a giant magnet strapped on my back to carry my bow because this is just too hard. This bow sling's just too hard. Strapping it to my backpack is just too hard. Carrying it by the string, putting it over my shoulder, whatever. There's a guy selling a handle that you mount to your bow to carry it. But my bow's got a handle. It's built into the bow. I don't need another handle. Why do I need another handle? It's got one. I just, I like, why do we keep trying to solve problems that aren't problems? And I'm not saying this was a terrible product. I'm sure there's somebody out there that's going to use it and like it. And has a need for it. But I think in mass, I, I don't need this thing. 90% of the time, 99% of the time when I'm walking somewhere, I got a freaking backpack on anyways, which is over my bino harness, thus negating the entire situation of this product. So who needs it? The guy that's out West, he needs to walk around and he's like, man, they usually have backpacks too, right? I mean, does, do people not wear backpacks? I don't understand to get first place. Come on, ATA. We got to do better. Second place, went to the Hypo 2 Blade by Annihilator Broadheads. Cool little broadhead. You know, it's one of those solid one-piece, you know, fixed single bevel. It's got a unique kind of design. Cool little product. I have nothing wrong, nothing bad to say about that one. Third place, went to the Hyper Light Climbing Sticks by Trophy Light, or Trophy Line. Um... PJ talked about these in our live stream. They're not bad either. I don't think they're like revolutionary or groundbreaking. They, they nest into each other real nice. They're nice and light. I hate the attachment method, the way it goes to the tree. I think it's going to be an absolute nightmare, especially if you have gloves on. Um, 
shouldn't it have won an award? I don't know. I mean, when you look at the other products that were in there, yeah, it probably did deserve to win an award. I don't know. It's just the whole thing was very disappointing to me. So then as we go through, this this was really probably the most disappointing, right? ATA show used to be like bow launch. I can remember like people packed into the Bowtech booth when Jim Shockey was there announcing the new Bowtech bow or the guys from Heartland Bowhunter. I remember Dudley releasing his bow at the PSE booth a couple years ago, like the first knock-on bow. And it was like people were slammed. No bow companies release bows at ATA show anymore. They're all released months ahead of time. So the best new bow released at the show this year was a crossbow. It wasn't even a real bow. It was a crossbow. The Ballista Mega Bat, which according to my research, wasn't even new for this year. They had a little handheld guy that's probably great for poaching. But I mean, I, I was like, oh, seriously, this is the, our best new bow is now a crossbow. Uh, best new broadhead went to Annihilator once again. Best new release, very nice release. The ultimate flex from Trueball. Um, I thought it was great. PJ did that one in our video. Best new technology went to Quiv. I don't know if you'd say Quiv R, Quiv AR. That was that augmented reality program where you basically hold up like your phone or a tablet onto like a target and it puts the anatomy of that animal there so you could see where your arrow hit it. Cool technology. But I mean, are people really out there losing deer or wounding deer because we don't know where to shoot them? Is that like really the problem? The problem is like, oh man, I thought that's where the lungs were and that's not where they were. I don't understand shot angles. Like, is that such a widespread problem that I need an augmented reality program to like look at my 3D target and be like, oh my goodness, that's where the lungs are. They sit between the two front legs and then go back a little. Like, I don't know. It's just, it, it's cool. I, I enjoyed seeing it and kind of playing around with it, but I was like, nobody really needs this, I don't think. I don't think it's going to help very much. Best new gear went to a duffel bag duffel bag brando but it's like modular you can attach different duffel bags to your duffel bag oh great that's <laughs> revolutionary best new accessory went to the tree gear collection from jacked that's what i talked about during our live stream which was that magnet with the little tether and the tree strap he had a whole suite of things that kind of went together which i thought were pretty cool i'll give him that you know, interestingly enough, what I'm going to do in the next, now that we're kind of going into off season and I think our poaching cases are going to slow down a little bit, I'm going to go back in time. I don't know how far, however far back I can go. And I'm going to look at all the products that the ATA gave awards to. I'm going to see how many of those products are still around. How many actually made it? Because, dude, there's a couple on here where it's like a year from now, nobody's going to, everyone's going to be like, nope, just didn't make it for whatever reason. I don't even remember that thing. Yet it was winning an award for the best this or the best that. So I don't know. I just felt like the whole thing was just a little weak. They created the awards program in 2020. So that's as far back as we can go. So we're going to go back. We're going to look at every award they gave and see, is that product still around? I remember they gave the award to the tethered carbon fiber saddle platform a couple of years ago. And it took those guys a couple of years to get all the sourcing and everything figured out. But it's here now probably took two years from the time they won the award almost till that product hit the market. And it is every bit as good as I hoped that it would be. That one is one I can think off the top of my head, 100% deserving of the award. Fantastic product. Um, the rest of this stuff, sorry, I'm, I'm going to probably make some people mad, especially the people that make these products. They're going to probably hate me forever, but it is what it is. So the other thing 
at the ATA show. Surprise, this one didn't win an award too, right? So there is a new product or a new brand called Buck Ops. And it's from the Buck Commander fellas. They were there for a couple hours, maybe one day. And there was like a big line of people waiting to see them. And it's like Willie Robertson and Jason Aldean and Luke Bryan and Tyler Farr. And I don't know, a couple other dudes, right? So they came out with their own line of what they're calling buck noculars. And they also had a scope. And this is what everybody was talking about. They have a scope that you mount on your crossbow that basically allows you to see in the dark. It's not night vision, but it's the next best thing to it. And they're like, yeah, it's really going to help in that last 30 minutes of light. Oh my God. Okay. To anybody that believes that, you're out of your freaking mind. At regular distances that we're shooting crossbows. I've been using a crossbow with my son the last couple of years. I've spent a ton of time in a blind with a bow, counting down to legal light, right? Can we still shoot? What does it look like? Turn the lighted reticle on. With a normal crossbow scope that exists today, we can 100% shoot after legal shooting light without a problem. Not even a question. We could illegally poach a deer after legal light with just a normal crossbow scope. I don't even need anything fancy. And then these guys are like, well, you know, it's really going to help in the last 30 minutes. No, it's not. It's going to help in the next 30 to 60 minutes after legal shooting light. So it's like, this is just what the industry needed. We needed a freaking crossbow scope that can see in the dark that you can now mount to your little handheld thing. So when you're sneaking in the forest reserves, like these guys in New York, you can just go poach stuff. Like there was zero need for this. It was cool as hell. They had it set up with like a regular scope looking in the dark. You could barely see anything. And then you looked at their scope and you're like, holy crap, it's like daylight in here. But I'm thinking to myself the whole time, like, this, all this is going to do is let people shoot deer after or before legal shooting time. It's literally all it's going to do. And they were like, yeah, man, we got this great new product. We're happy to release it. Like guys that have more money than they could ever possibly spend. Think about it. Like Luke Bryan and Jason Aldean, right? Those dudes, how many hundreds of millions do they think they have? What do you think Luke Bryan makes to host American Idol? Not 25 million because that's what Katy Perry makes or at least made back when first started. But uh, I'm going to go with like, he's got to be making 15 million. Yeah. I mean, dude, you got more money than you could probably ever spend. And then you're like, you know what? I'm going to need to be a part of a company that comes out with a crossbow scope that lets people shoot deer before and after legal shooting. Like, we're not going to market it as such. We're going to say, well, it really helps in that last 30 minutes. We don't need help in the last 30 minutes. Go get a regular scope, just a regular scope and go use it. And you'd be like, oh yeah, I, I could see just fine out of the scope. And it's 10 minutes past There are legal some light. older people and their vision isn't as good. So maybe- it's- Brandon, just stop. This is, a, this is just, an, it's annoying. It's annoying when you see products that you know are going to be used. This is like walking into Cabela's down the road here in Illinois where we're not allowed to bait and they sell. They have an enormous thing of trophy rocks and the the shelves are just lined with every deer mineral and bait that you can name off, yet we're not allowed to use it here. And you're not really allowed to use it in any of our surrounding states. It's not illegal to sell it. It's just illegal to use it. Like it's just, it's just super annoying. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm just crotchety old a-hole. I feel like what I've gathered from this episode is if you're planning on coming out with a product, just give Justin a call. He'll tell you what's up. 
I'll tell you if it's good or not. I've been saying this for a long time. Just come to me if you got an idea for a product and I'll be like, okay. And you just, you have to understand if you're doing this, if you're soliciting my advice, you just have to understand I'm going to tell you yay or nay. Because there's a lot of nays out there. And I'm sorry to burst everybody's bubble, but there's just a lot of nays. There's more nays than there are yays. Sorry to say it. All right, let's move on. We got two more stories, Brando, and then we have to get out of here because I have to get to the airport and fly to Lancaster or Harrisburg, drive to Lancaster so Todd and I can compete in the Lancaster Archery Classic. So last two stories. We got one, uh, another one coming out of uh, New York, I believe. Uh, a boyfriend has been charged with allegedly killing his girlfriend with a crossbow in the town of Elma. Um, geez, this guy, 61-year-old Frank Letario, uh, was arraigned. Uh, he is accused of killing his longtime live-in girlfriend, 62-year-old Jill Harris. Um, autopsy revealed she had been shot three times, once in the abdomen, once in the chest, and once in the face. The bow? With crossbow arrows. So that means he had to like shoot, reload, shoot, reload, shoot again. Then when they found this guy, he had a bunch of uh, uh, self-inflicted wounds. Sounded like he tried to kill himself, but just couldn't do it. Probably hard to kill yourself with a crossbow. I mean, you could probably do it, right? Load it, like hold it out there and pull the trigger somehow. Probably be hard to do. So it sounds like he tried to like slit his wrists or something, but was unsuccessful. Uh, terrible story. Jeez. But uh, I felt like I had to include at least one people doing dumb things with a crossbow story. So there you go. Don't shoot anybody with a crossbow. Now we're going to end on a, on, on a bit of a higher note. We're going to go from the lows and me talking smack. I don't want to be talking smack. There's a lot of products that I like. I like HHA's new site. I love my new lift bow. ABB's got some badass new strings that I'm excited to try with some new fibers. Supposed to be a little bit more durable. So idiots like me that are dragging their bow through brush all the time and it won't get so uh, kind of like... They get those little kind of hairs, like little, they don't really, I don't want to call it fraying, but they just get fuzzy. Um, so it's supposed to help with that. Uh, GSM had a new 360 cell camera. It'd be interesting to see how the deer respond to it. Todd's got one out right now that he's testing for them. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff just like in like saddle platforms and saddles and other accessories, like nothing groundbreaking, but there's plenty of cool stuff out there that I'm like interested in spending my money on. And I think there's cool companies doing cool stuff. I was just a little underwhelmed from what I'm used to at the ATA show. Not to say it wasn't worth going. I loved being there. I loved seeing all of my compadres and the people that we work with and doing the interviews and getting to shoot bows. You know, it's something I don't get to do a lot. So like on the last day when there was nobody there and they should have let us leave early, we just walked around and shot whatever few bows were there. We shot Expedition. We shot G5 Primes. We shot some PSC. We shot a bear. Like we shot all sorts of stuff. A lot of good bows out there. So I don't want to say it was all bad. I still had a good time. St. Louis wasn't terrible. We escaped with our lives. We had some good food. It wasn't all bad. With that said, we are going to end. Uh... So there's a business in the town of Grayling, Michigan, which is where old Fred Bear hails from. And the business is called the Bear's Den Pizzeria. And it's a pizza shop that is like got all this really cool old Fred Bear memorabilia in it. So it's almost like a quasi little museum, if you will. And uh, according to the internet, it's got good pizza too. It's got great reviews. 
So if you guys are anywhere in or around Grayling, Michigan, it sounds like Bear's Den Pizzeria is the place to go. They got like this cutout of Fred Bear on the wall, a bunch of pictures of them. They got a bunch of old bear bows. They have an old Mustang inside, which I'm assuming is his. I don't know, really, for sure. But I thought it was pretty cool. They have all this old bear memorabilia, like authorized dealer signs and like, you know, mounts and all sorts of stuff. So I just thought it was really cool. Like everybody loves Fred Bear. He's like, what, the the father of modern modern bow hunting. Some would say he may be the best bow hunter of all time. That's a topic for another podcast. But if you're in the Grayling, Michigan area, where is Grayling, Brandon? Do you know? Grayling, let's see how far away it is from where we're at here in old Huntley, Illinois. Uh, well, if we fly, it's only an hour and seven minutes. If we drive, it's five hours and 45 minutes. Oh, it's way up there. It's in the lower peninsula, but at the northern portion, north central, I would call it. Five hours and 45 minutes from, from us. So if we're ever hankering for some pie one day and we're like, you know what? Let's head over to Grayling, get some pizza at the Bear's Den. Shout out to the Bear's Den. They got to get Dave Portnoy over there, do a little one bite pizza review. So that's all I got for today. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I'm sorry I bitched and moaned and complained. I'm not sorry to anybody I offended. It is what it is. And we will see you guys hopefully next week when Todd and I get back from Lancaster with all the great stories of how hopefully I beat Todd and hopefully I don't put an arrow into the wall or someone else's target. Those are my goals. Beat Todd. Don't shoot someone else's target. Don't completely miss the bail. See you guys next week.